This is your itinerary for travel and photography with your host, Rob Knight. On your itinerary this week, my guest is photography enthusiast and Arcanum apprentice Dave Garber. Dave and I discuss how his photography has improved through community-based learning and how that experience has changed his travel photography. This episode of Your Itinerary is brought to you by This Week in Costa Rica. This week-long, all-inclusive photography workshop will be led by me and Frederick Van Johnson, April 18th through the 25th, 2015. You'll be treated to all the photo opportunities you'd expect in this tropical paradise. You'll shoot wildlife, landscape, street photography, macro, you name it, and Frederick and I will be right alongside you with tips and advice to help you make the most of every unique opportunity. Find out more and register today at thisweekinphoto.com slash week-costa-rica. Welcome to Your Itinerary. Uh, my name is Rob Knight, and my guest today is Dr. Dave Garber. Um, Dave is a photography enthusiast and a professor at Mercer University here in Atlanta. Uh, welcome, Dave, and thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me. Sure. Uh, I was introduced today by photographer Karen Hutton, and she was telling me what an interesting guy you are and uh, that she met you through uh, her cohort on the Arcanum. Mm-hmm. And um, for listeners who aren't familiar with what that is with the Arcanum, um, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, well, the Arcanum is uh, kind of a master and apprentice uh, model for online learning, and it's focused on photography, uh, no pun intended. Uh, and uh, basically, they've picked several people to be masters who would pick their own apprentices and uh, kind of guide them to discovering their voice in their own photography work and uh, in their artwork. And it's uh, it's been a great experience because you get to, you get exposure to these great photographers, but you also get uh, some feedback from your other members of your cohort, and it's taught me a lot about online teaching. It's taught me a lot about my own photography. Um, I've you know had several epiphanies about kind of discovering my own voice through the process, and uh, yeah, Karen has been great as a master in that process. So. That's cool. So instead of, so I guess, your your normal photography class where you go and you look and, and you find the instructor that you want, it's more the other way around in the Arcanum. Is that right? Right, right. So they're, the instructors kind of pick people who kind of match their style and match their their interests and, and their voice so they can... Uh, what was really helpful about that is they can pick a cohort that really works well together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Karen certainly did that with, uh, with our co- cohort, uh, we all have similar interests, but also are different enough that we can push each other uh, and that we can uh, find common interests and common ways of doing things, but also say, hey, how how about trying uh, this method or how about trying this plugin or how about trying uh, this uh, focal length or get lower in your composition or, you know, those kinds of things. And it's been a really great experience. That's cool. That's cool. And it's I think it's important when you're if you're con- critiquing each other's work, the the more you're comfortable with that group, the better it is. So it's oh, yeah. probably better to work in a smaller unit like that than to say just Google Plus in general. You right. know, if you're in one of the photography communities and there's twenty thousand members, then you know you got somebody that you've never heard of telling you what you should and shouldn't do with your images. It's sometimes it's harder to take that kind of right. criticism. Right, and you don't really have access to their work, or you, you'd have to hunt down their work. And here we're all sharing the same. Uh, you know, our, our different images as we level up through the Arcanum. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, it's been great to just kind of see everybody grow um, and, 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 and an exponential pace uh, throughout the process. And like I said, I've learned a lot personally about teaching uh, through it. So oh, that's cool. And, and being a 
a professor yourself, that's that's kind of a big deal to say yeah, that yeah. you know you're learning about teaching. How, right. how long have you been teaching? Uh, I've been teaching now for about mm, fifteen years. Mm-hmm. So about uh, I've been uh, so, uh, I've been a professor at Mercer for about ten years, and then I did some adjunct teaching there at Mercer before the, uh, before I graduated with my doctorate. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, and there's this huge push in higher education to move towards online learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, this has been really helpful in thinking about how to develop community online, uh, how to get people to work together on specific projects and, uh, also to get people to, to figure out how to communicate online. Because, you know, when you, when you, when you're communicating online on a forum or on Facebook or Twitter, um, for some reason, all the filters come off and people just decide to, to rip each other apart or either that or they're just saying, oh, that's just wonderful and, and not really giving you any useful information. Right. And so trying to figure out a way to build a community online where you can praise each other's work, but also say, here's something that I would do differently, mm-hmm. uh, take it or leave it and have that kind of community. It's been really helpful to for me to help kind of think, okay, how can I create that? in my own work, in, my, in the classroom. Sure. So. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and like I said, that speaks volumes for that. You've been teaching for 15 years, and here's yeah. some things that you're like, oh, wow, that's I see how that works, and that helps me out. Yeah. And especially since the your initial idea, I guess, was to be a better photographer, so now right. you're, you're learning about teaching and everything. Right. Um, I, I One of the things I love about taking classes myself is not only learning, but seeing how other instructors do things and how people deliver, you know, other photography teachers might deliver the same information that I deliver. And, you know, I'm constantly picking up things like, Oh, that just one, it could be a little, a little phrase or something here and there. Like, Oh, that makes more sense than the way I try to explain that. Right. That's cool. Um, and how long have you been doing that in the Arcanum? Uh, so it's been about eight months now. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think the Arcanum launched about that same time. We were part of the beta group that went through it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was, uh, it's been a great experience, and now we're just kind of waiting to see what happens in the next stages. So Yeah, wow. Well, how did you get into photography in the first place, and sort of what led you to the point where you, you thought you were going to try the uh, the Arcanum? Um, I guess I've always been kind of interested in photography, and you know, thinking about teaching, I've always been a visual learner, mm-hmm. uh, and I never really have had an outlet to kind of express what I see in my mind, right? Uh, I can't draw. Uh, I, I haven't, I don't have the physical dexterity to, to paint and those kinds of things. But when I started using the camera, uh, I found a way of expressing myself that was, uh, was very, uh, liberating for me. Uh, and so I, my, my father was into photography when he was about my age right now. Uh, so I learned a lot from him, but I just kind of never went back to it until, uh, I started, I picked up a point and shoot and went on a trip through my work, uh, to the Middle East and, uh, shot a few images there. Uh, we were able to go to Syria and Jordan and, um, Sinai and Israel. And I kind of picked up a bug there, but I didn't really follow through on it until mm. a few years later. Uh, and my wife picked up a, a DSLR for me for my birthday and I started shooting everything and anything that I could. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And so did you do any classes or, or mentorship before the Arcanum? Uh, I only did maybe a couple of workshops before doing the Arcanum. And, and then I just kind of became a YouTube addict and just watched everything I could that mm-hmm. was out there for free, which is great in terms of getting a lot of information in. And, and I was able, you know, I'm able to process that information. But it wasn't so great in terms of having, you know, kind of the iron 
sharpening iron effect of being with people and saying, hey, uh, how can I make this image better or uh, or whatnot. So I was kind of missing that kind of community mm-hmm. experience. Right. Um, and so when the Arcanum came along and I, you know, I'd been a online role-playing gamer and, and it was kind of built on this master apprentice model and you level up and I was like, okay, World of Warcraft for photography, I can do that. That's, <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. And then I saw the list of masters that they had and, um, and I was really thrilled to to be picked by Karen to do this. So it's uh, it's been a great experience. Yeah, that's really cool. You were telling me um, how Karen helped you find find your voice and sort of develop your style. Can you talk, yeah. talk to me about that a little bit? Uh, yeah, I, you know, like I said, when I started out, I just wanted to shoot everything that I could. Mm-hmm. And so I had an eclectic mix of different types of photography. And uh, this past year, I've had the, the opportunity through my work and family to... Um, to take several trips and I was taking those trips while I was in the Arcanum. So, um, I remember, you know, the first critique that Karen and I sat down and had, she was talking to me about, you know, using different angles. And one of the first assignments, which I assume is a basic photography assignment and, uh, in any, uh, workshop or school uh, is to kind of think about the same subject from three different angles. So high, low and, and straight on. And so, I would hear, as I was traveling, I would hear those voices in my head, right? Or uh, I like to say with Karen, it's the voiceover in my head because she does voiceover work. So um, so I would hear that saying, well, why don't you try to get low on this shot? And so, uh, you know, when we were in Alaska, my wife and I were in Alaska. Uh, there was this, uh, you know, classic Alaskan shot with uh, railroad tracks and uh, some seascape and a mountain. And I took it straight on, you know, at my height at six foot. And then I was like, well, let me see. I'll put my tripod down waist level and see what I get. And I got a much more dramatic image that way. Mm. So just those little tips uh, and those voices in my head saying, hey, why don't you try this? Or why don't you, um, you know, when you when you feel like you see the moment, uh, remember what it feels like. So mm. uh, remember what that ah moment feels like. Do you hear music? Do you say, oh, there's the frame? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, and I had that experience when I was in uh, Jerusalem this summer. Uh, I was in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and I just turned around, and I had been using my 35-millimeter lens, and so I started seeing almost everything in that frame. Mm-hmm. And I just turned around, saw this stairway leading up to a, to a, a doorway, and I was like, oh, there it is. That's that's one of my uh, my capture shots from this trip. This is It's going to be one of my signature pieces from this trip. So it was, it's been really helpful to kind of go through that. And then in terms of signature, she said, uh, you know, she, in another critique, we were talking about how um, she noticed kind of a knack for travel photography mm-hmm. uh, or travel log, as she called it. And it makes sense for me because I was a journalism minor in, uh, in college and I want to tell stories with my images uh, and perhaps even write alongside and tell stories with both image and prose and that kind of thing. And so it made a lot of sense for me to kind of think of myself, okay, maybe I'm a travel photographer. And so what does that mean when you are, you know, at home and after you've done all your travels for the summer and now you've got, got to settle down and work, you know, how, how do you kind of keep that perspective going? And so I've kind of thought about, well, what does it mean to be a travel photographer while I live here in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Right. So we've been, Michelle and I, who shoots with me also, have been thinking about, okay, what, what events can we go to that would be something like we would go to if we were traveling to another nation right. or to another part of the country? 
how can we incorporate that into our just our daily lives or our you know weekend lives and uh, and and kind of hone our skills but also present art from that perspective so mm-hmm. uh, so that's been a really helpful um, guide for me sure in the past couple of months yeah and I think a lot of photography enthusiasts if not everybody like you said you just go shoot everything and um, I think that's part of becoming a well-rounded photographer eventually but I think having that sort of well I I you know, my strong suit is travel photography, so I'm going to focus on that. That can really help. Mm-hmm. That way you're not just sort of, you know, going around doing everything and not really getting great at any of it. But I really think that um, uh, everything that you do, with whether it's photography, art, or any, any sort of visual medium, um, informs and helps with everything else that you do in that way. Uh, right. Can you see how um, maybe some of the things that you shot along the way help with your travel photography and sort of help you become a better travel photographer? Um, yeah, I think, uh, part of it is trying to figure out, uh, if you're traveling with, uh, another group or for another purpose, how do you incorporate your photography into that? Mm. Right. And so, um, I was able to get, for example, when I went on a trip with, uh, some university students to India, uh, and we were working with some, some local kids, I was able to get some great kind of candid portrait shots of them. And then I thought, okay, well, this is, this is also travel photography. It's not, it doesn't just have to be a landscape photo or a wildlife photo or, uh, or astrophotography. You can also do this kind of either street photography or candid portraiture or that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. which allows me to, to embrace my eclectic interests while also helping me focus. Sure. Uh, helping me say, yeah, this is all part of the story. The, the, the candid portraits are part of the story. The landscapes are part of the story. The, the macros and textures are part of the story. Uh, and I, now I just got to figure out how to bring them all together through both the photography and the processing to, Mm -hmm. to tell the whole experience. Right. Right. And I think that's important with, um, not necessarily even the processing, but the culling of the images and deciding, um, which of these eclectic group of photos that you're going to put together that's, right. you know, the details and the wide angle shots and the people and everything that goes into telling a story of a particular place. And sometimes that's five images and sometimes it's a hundred. It just right. depends on what it is and, and how you shoot. But, yeah. um, I think that's the fun of travel photography. Like you said, it's everything. It's, it's landscape, it's architecture, it's uh, street photography. It, right. I mean, macro, it, all of that is travel photography. So, um, the idea is just to tell the story of where you're going. Right. Yeah. Um, now, I wanted to talk about your trip to Jerusalem. Uh, I read an article, and I'll link to it in the show notes, that um, just about the different experience you had going to Jerusalem this summer versus your first trip there because yeah. of the conflict. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I went to Jerusalem first in 2009, and it was in a time of relative peace. Um, uh, it was when... You know, it, we could even, you know, on that trip, we could even go into Syria. And so it was a very different time than this past summer. Uh, and so when I first went there, I was um, overwhelmed by the crowds. Um, so one of the you know, major sites is the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And our first trip there to get into the shrine of the, of the sepulchre, it was a three-hour wait for the line. And the second trip, when I went this summer, it was uh, while Hamas was 
shooting missiles into Israel. And so it was a quite different experience. And in that same shrine, it took, you know, 10 to 15 minutes to get through the line because there were no, none of the tourists were there. Sure. Um, I remember flying over um, the, each of the members of this group that I was going with, it was for a a Jewish Christian dialogue uh, seminar. And each of the members had their own row in the airplane which is crazy for that time of year in uh, flights to Israel. Mm-hmm. And so it's, uh, it was a really different experience. The streets were empty. Um, the, the shopkeepers were a lot more aggressive in terms of, hey, come on, get in, come in my shop, because you know, they're losing out on a lot of money uh, from their normal tourist uh, business. So it was, it was you know, obviously an extremely uh, sad time to be there. Um, it was a time that we had to kind of think about safety and think about, uh, you know, when we're walking around the old city, which parts of the old city should we walk around, those kinds of things. Um, and it was, but it was also interesting from a photographic perspective because, you know, as a, as a travel photographer, sometimes you just want a lot of the people to get out of the way. Well, a lot of the people were not <laughs> there. And so it was interesting hmm. uh, to see that. But it was, it was also, for me, it was, it was a somber kind of thing because you knew that the city and the shopkeepers and the whole region was was kind of suffering uh so it was uh it was a it was quite the experience uh and uh, i was able to get some great shots because of it but Mm -hmm. i'm also uh, you know i have that kind of survivor's guilt there that i got these great shots because it was such a, a dire time in their uh in their history and uh the week before was when they started shooting the missiles over. And while we were there, the um, uh, they started the ground invasion into Gaza. And then a, a lot of the American flights and European flights were canceled. So we didn't know when we were going to be able to leave. Wow. Uh, luckily, uh, most of us were only delayed for a couple of days. And I was on the first flight, already scheduled on the first flight that was going back. And they reopened the airlines. So it was it was a tense time to be there. Um, and it was an interesting time to be there for the purpose, for my main purpose, which was this Christian uh, Jewish dialogue. Um, but it was also an interesting time to be there in terms of photography uh, because I could get some some different stories that uh, that I would never have had the opportunity to get. Sure. I, I can yeah. imagine the, um, especially, you know, the, the hostility starting the week before yeah. had to be a pretty fresh wound, so to speak. Yes. Um, and I can imagine the, like you said, a pretty somber tone. Yeah. Um, were you able to, to do any sort of portraiture or anything like that, like street photography type stuff, or do you mainly shoot the, the, um, the city? I'm mostly focused on, on architectural stuff. There were a couple of kind of portraiture things that I did. Um, but it was mostly architectural, uh, and, I did a few, you know, there were, there were a few crows kind of going around. And, and so I did a few of those kind of wildlife, uh, urban wildlife, if you will, shots yeah. and that kind of thing. Uh, but it was mostly landscape and, and, uh, and architecture. And for me, you know, I spent a lot of my time in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre because it was such a different experience and I had such uh, a great access to it. Um, and it was also, you know, in thinking about balancing my work life with photography, 
it was also an exercise in that because, you know, we only had certain amounts of spare time. And, mm. uh, of course, our schedule didn't fit like a photographer's schedule. A photographer's schedule would be, right. hey, it's sun- it's sunrise. Let's go out in sunrise and then go back in and, and take a nap and then go <laughs> or right. our, our process and then go back out at sunset. And so I had to think about different things in terms of lighting. You know, how do I photograph in harsh lighting, especially in that area where there's no... Um, there's not much cloud cover and that kind of thing. So. Sure. And you had visited there before a few years earlier. Yeah. Um, since you had now become a, a better photographer and a photography enthusiast, were you, um, did you have ideas sort of in your head before you went as far as, well, I'm going to make this shot and I'm going to make that shot, maybe even from pictures that you had tried to make before with your point and shoot camera? I did. I think um, one of the parts of my first trip was I wasn't as inspired in Jerusalem as I was in a lot of the other areas because, mm. you know, we went to Petra and Jordan. So yeah. that was, uh, you know, had I gone back to Petra, I, I would say, okay, here's the shot I want to recreate and those kinds of things. Sure. So I didn't get a whole lot. I, there was some, uh, I tried to do some, some photographs of the skyline at night that my first trip, and I was able to get a, a somewhat better shots of those Although uh, where we were staying wasn't as conducive. So hmm. uh, so there were some things that I thought, I want to do this. Uh, I know I want to go to, back to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, where I was just kind of taking snapshots of the different artwork. And I want to try to say, okay, how do I make, how, what's my artistic approach to this artwork instead of just kind of getting a flat panel of, of whatever mosaic is on the wall. Sure. So, um, so I tried to do some of that. Cool. I think that's always more interesting too. Um, like taking a picture of someone else's graffiti right. is great. But if you take, you know, make your own image and incorporate someone else's work with it, that's that can be a lot more interesting. Yeah. Not just re, sort of reproduction. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, that's uh, I, I can't imagine traveling under those circumstances. Like, like you said, you get on the plane, you're like, Hey, I got the row all to myself. That just yeah. means cause no other idiots going over there. Right. 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 You know? <laughs> That's, yeah, uh, that's wild. Yeah, it was uh, it was a tense time, and you know there were lots of concerns. They didn't, you know, the people who were leading the workshop didn't know if we were going to have a go, if we we're going to have enough people to go. Uh, but in the uh, in the course of conversations over that that week, uh, I think only one person dropped out for personal reasons, mm-hmm. not necessarily for the safety issues. So sure. uh, we had a good trip and uh, a good group of people, uh, but it was a it was a tense time. Yeah. So. Do you have a, a gallery of those photos on your website already? Or? Um, I've got a few posted on my Smug Mug account, and I've got uh, a blog coming up that I want to kind of feature more of that. Cool. Um, and some of them were fo- featured in uh, Mercer University's uh, Theology School um, magazine. So Great. I've got some of that. Too. Cool. Well, yeah. and we'll be sure to link to all that yeah. stuff, too. Well, um, we're running out of time. I'm going to wrap up with my usual five questions. Okay. So the first one is, uh, what is your current photo gear setup? What's your everyday, Gary? Um, so I shoot with a Sony a7 and a Sony a6000. And so it really just depends uh, what I'm doing. Uh, if I'm doing more kind of like we went to the San Diego Zoo last week. And if I'm doing that kind of stuff, I'll use the a6000 with the 70 to 200. Or if I'm shooting the dogs or something like that, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, my the a7 is more of my landscape photography camera and also my portrait camera. Sure. Uh, and I use primarily like to use the for portrait stuff. I like to use the 55 1.8. Uh, I just love that lens. Uh, it's really sharp and uh, it gives great depth of field. So I, I just love that that combination. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's that's what I'm shooting. Cool. Has your kit changed in the last year or so? I know a lot of you're already using the mirrorless cameras, right. and um, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Just that's kind of the big deal. If you um, added or subtracted from your kit, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we added to it uh, last Christmas. We got the A7, uh, and then we um, I used to have an A57, which is the Alpha series camera, which is basically the DSLR. Uh, line that Sony has. It's not DSLR. It's technically something else. Uh, but uh, those lenses are compatible with the with the E mount if you use an adapter. Mm -hmm. But we wanted, since we're doing a lot more traveling, we wanted to go a little bit smaller. So uh, we picked up the A6000, sold off the the A57 and the four lenses we had with that, and picked up the A6000 so that the the full frame lenses that we use on the uh, A7, we can also use on the A6000, uh, and it's a little lighter, and um, it's pretty snappy autofocus, so uh, it's been a great kit for us. Cool, cool. Um, what do you do on the road to make your hotel room feel like a home away from home? you have oh. any sort of uh, traditions that you do on the road? I don't know that we have uh, any traditions. I say we because my wife travels with me most of the time. So so that could uh, be the yeah. answer. Right <laughs> so that's, that's part of what makes it feel like home. Uh, I do like, you know, if, if I'm going to be in a place for a while, I do like to kind of unpack everything and uh, make sure I know where all of my uh, gear is going to be plugged in to charge and all of that stuff. Um, so if we're going to be somewhere for, uh, you know, more than two nights, that's that's what I'd like to do, just kind of settle in. And I did that when I was in uh, Jerusalem as well. Um, but then if it's a trip like the trip I took to India, we were in different places every night so <laughs> yeah so it can really do that sure um, it's tough to get comfortable yeah um, i do the same thing the first thing i do when i get in a hotel room is put everything in the drawer yeah unpack it yeah i think that makes a big difference um, well from a photography standpoint what's your favorite place that you visited lately oh uh, okay um hmm i'd have to say my favorite photography experience was shooting in india at the Elora Caves, I believe it mm -hmm. was. Um, it was the first kind of break I had to do some real, just kind of just be photographer, <laughs> sure. right for a while because I was teaching uh, as a part of that trip, uh, and it and I was able to bring out my tripod and and do some uh, HDR shots of some of the caves and and some of the uh, different sculptures of the Hindu gods and goddesses and that kind of thing. And so that was a really great experience. Uh, and then just last week we went to Joshua tree and, uh, had a lot of fun out there. I like desolate landscapes. That's, I don't, I grew up out West and I think it's part of my childhood. Um, so I love to shoot that kind of thing. Cool. Cool. Well, um, what's next on the list? What are you looking forward to? Uh, where are you looking forward to going and shooting next? Uh, well, let's see. Um, in, December, um, my family's going on a cruise. So mm -hmm. we're doing a Caribbean cruise, uh, going to Belize, Costa Maya, those kinds of places. So we've been planning our excursions around, you know, what, what would be the best photography excursions from the cruise and that kind of thing. Cool. But there again, you kind of have to plan for, you know, those, those excursions are not planned for photographers. Right. Middle they're, of the day. They're middle of the day. The ship, right. So, <laughs> So it's uh, it's going to be experience in trying to negotiate the harsh light. and uh, So we're going to go see some Mayan ruins and that kind of thing. Nice. Uh, but try to figure out how to shoot those in that in those lighting conditions. Yeah, what is it? There's no bad lighting, just challenging lighting and right. really great lighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thanks for being on the show, David. Sure. Great job. Um, where can listeners find out more about you and, and follow with your photography and your travels? Okay. Well, I've got a, a, a blog site. It's called GarberGeektography.com. Uh, and my wife and I post our photos and stories about our photos there and uh, just kind of stories about our journey. Uh, so that's probably the best place to find us. We've also got a uh, print store at garbergeektography.smugmug.com. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, that's where if you like some of our art, you can pick it up. Um, and we've got a Facebook page of the same name, Garber Geektography. So. Cool. And all those links will be on the page at uh, thisweekinphoto.com. Uh, thanks again, and uh, I'll, I'll be talking to you later for sure. All right. Thank you. It's been great. Uh, If you like what you hear on your itinerary, please tell all your friends about it and stop by iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us some positive feedback. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Your Itinerary with Rob Knight. Head over to thisweekinphoto.com to check out the other TWIP shows and get on our mailing list. Become a TWIP member to get exclusive benefits and member pricing on TWIP products and workshops. Start planning your next adventure and we'll see you next week on Your Itinerary for travel and photography.